every single day you would log in and they would give you your daily sales from the day before. And there was an asterisk that I, I'll never forget seeing. And it said intellectual property of WB Mason. And when I saw the intellectual property, I didn't know what it meant straight up. So I went on Google, looked it up, and I realized all the hard work I ever did before, or if they fired me or what have you, I didn't get to keep any of it. Yeah. So it, it opened me up to like just looking and, and exploring like what else is out there. Welcome to the Mind Your Own Business Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Sterick. This show is where we talk about all kinds of different stuff in business, but mainly we talk about how to mind your own business and stay in your own lane. And we interview only distinguished guests in order to find out their secrets. Hey guys, just wanted to take a second here and thank you for listening to the podcast. I really, really appreciate it. It means the world to me. It means so much to me that you guys are listening. I don't make any money off of this stuff. I do it for free. I do it out of the goodness of my heart. I want to help people and I want to share all this cool information with you guys and everybody else in the world. So if you could think of somebody that you would share this to, so if they got some value out of it, I would really appreciate it. Share it on your socials. Click that little button for sharing and share it to your story. Thanks a lot. All right. Welcome to the show, Mario. Today we have Mario Lencioni. 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 <laughs> yeah, that's it. And we're going to be talking about Mario, his business, his upbringing, and what got him here to living today's day. And him mm-hmm. and his wife are a absolute power couple. And I also... Dude, I didn't tell you this, but we only allow distinguished guests on this show. You, my friend, are a distinguished guest, and I really appreciate you being here. So Mario, go ahead and introduce yourself. Tell us where you're from and a little bit about what you do. Cool. Sounds good. Well, Steve, thanks for having me on. And yeah, a little bit about myself. I was born in Camden, New Jersey. My mother was born in Camden, New Jersey. She was born and raised. And if you know anything about Camden, rough area, a lot of violence in the 80s. So when she graduated college, she had me around 18 years old. And I lived there for about five years and she did everything in her power to get me out of there. I was raised by a single mother and grandmother. And my father was pretty much relevant in my life until college. Growing up, she did everything she could. So I did not have a bunch of green lights going through life. Like where there was a lot of issues financially, just seeing her struggle paycheck to paycheck. And it definitely burned something in my brain growing up that I didn't want to have kids at an early age. So that was definitely one thing that it was always wired inside my DNA. And then also just seeing her hard work of how much she would work double shifts as like a CNA, which was like underneath an LPN and like the nursing in the nursing world. So yeah, as I saw her go through a lot of hard work, I grew up with a weight issue. So I was a little bit overweight and suffered from a weight problem. And then usually around like middle school, I had a growth spurt. I grew, I definitely had like a sensitivity towards about like eight or nine inches to like six foot one. And it leaned me out. But people that got bullied for mm. kids that had weight issues, because I was always picked on. I got in a ton of fights and, you know, I had just issues by having just not having a father, you know, that shit same, carries same on, here, man. you know what I mean? So it carries on. And by the way, so- I was a fat kid Were uh, you? up until like, yeah, until late high school, I was the fat kid. And Damn. so like, I think that you and I probably share that the memory of that, where for a long time, I still felt like the fat kid, even though I wasn't Yep. because we got bullied so much and we went like through that stuff. And so I think that that really shaped like how I treated people as well and how I like to be treated. I'm sure that you experienced that too. Yeah. I'm very compassionate towards, you know, even in college, I would see, you know, there was a kid that was a little handicapped and I saw people like picking on him and stuff. I would bring him out to parties. 
because I would like to say, all right, you know, I play college basketball. He's hanging out with me so he can enjoy his college experience. He sends me messages from time to time saying, hey, I appreciated you, you know, making me enjoy my senior year because I didn't meet him until my senior year. But that little stuff, I know I've been in that position. So you, you can relate. It's it goes a long way. And guys like that, they don't forget it, man, or girls, because you you know that it sucks being on the other side of that stuff, you know, yeah. side. Yeah, you really don't forget that stuff. But also, I think that like everybody is bullied in some way or another, whether like you're the popular kid or the cool kid or the not yeah. kid or the fat kid, like <laughs> everybody gets bullied because kids are Kids are fucking assholes. That's why. They are. <laughs> <laughs> I know, bro. I get it. <laughs> but so I think that everybody has, you know, certain certain struggles that definitely like shape who they are. Yeah. And I think it's important that like what you did with the, the person who was like, you know, handicapped, right? Yep. It's like being inclusive and including other people in like the stuff that we think that is cool to experience. And you see somebody sitting on the sidelines that they're not experiencing that. And you're able to bring that in, bring them in and share that stuff with them. And it betters their lives probably more than we realize. Yeah. And it gives you the feeling of, uh, wow, we t I, I take this for granted. Because you see, like, I remember, I remember distinctively taking him to a bar in college and I could see him having the time of his life. And I'm like, this is just another night, you know, <laughs> yeah. how it is. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, it, it's interesting to see and it makes you feel good. It does. It totally makes you feel good when you give back in those moments. And obviously, as we get older, you know, obviously. So we're in we're certain we're in a pretty high level mastermind and there's a lot of giving involved in it but yeah i could i could walk you through the rest so really take me back i guess like how where you started like in business or like if you had jobs coming straight out of college or what did you do yeah so basketball was a pretty big big piece for me so if i didn't go through my childhood playing hoops i wouldn't went to college thank god for playing basketball i met through basketball one of my best friends and he got me a job right out of college so i got a job out of college in corporate america and did sales so i did door-to-door -door, floor to floor cold calling that's the way we call cold calling like knocking on doors pitching to secretaries off supplies okay. so i worked for a billion dollar company in brockton massachusetts okay. and for nine years i just cold called followed up on appointments and just added business to the bottom line Wow. And about five years into the company, I realized every single day you would log in and they would give you your daily sales from the day before. And there was an asterisk that I, I'll never forget seeing. And it said intellectual property of WB Mason. And when I saw the intellectual property, I didn't know what it meant straight up. So I went on Google, looked it up. And I realized all the hard work I ever did before, or if they fired me or what have you, I didn't get to keep any of it. Yeah. So it, it opened me up to like just looking and, and exploring like what else is out there. Didn't really go crazy with exploring. It was a matter of me connecting with other people that did real estate. And it, it made me think, you know, maybe I should buy some real estate. And whether I bought it wrong or I bought it right, I just got in the game. I didn't take perfect action. I just said, let me buy, buy a duplex, bought a duplex. And then from there, I kept doing the business at my W-2. I screwed up. I made some money. I lost some money, but it, it kept me in the game where I was like, you know what? I have confidence. At, there was a juncture and a pivot point where I knew I could be my own boss. Like I couldn't take orders from the man, so to speak. And I was like, you know, giving orders to tenants. I was giving orders to my contractors. And I'm like, you know what? Like I'm good. I had the confidence level to pivot. And I did. And I left a, a very lucrative W-2, you know, making $280,000 a year at a W-2 and then making less than six figures. It was a pretty big decision, but I was just at a confidence level. Like, you know what? I could scale more and I did and it worked out good and then it didn't work out good 2019 that's where your story was very impactful I was a little cocky at the point cocky more of like I thought I knew everything about real estate and construction and I had a brilliant idea of starting a construction company in 2019 Okay. It was called Level Up Builders. And I thought, let me profit share with my contractors because I knew the flipping business. I'm like, 
I could bring all these guys in every single flip. I can give them a piece of the profit outside of their daily wage. And it only lasted like six months. At that juncture, my wife was, she was just my girlfriend at the time. And we COVID shut down the operation. So she was able to like peel back the layers of like our numbers and like saying, you know, Mary, you're not where you're at on these 15 open projects. So I was about like six, $700,000 in debt at that COVID juncture, the market corrected. So it still was going up like it is today. And it allowed me to sell off a lot of my existing assets as well as the open projects. I was still short money financially, but I was able to wholesale my way out of the remaining debt. And, you know, I'm good at this point, but there was a couple of years that I, I lost from starting that business. Like I definitely lost a couple of years of, you know, growth because I made a one bad decision by wow. that, that production company. Yeah. So, so you know, the title okay. of our show is called Mind Your Own Business. What would you say to some, like, what would you say to yourself if you had it to go back to that point on like how to mind your own business in that very point, would you still start that construction division or would you do something different? No. Yeah, no. I think I was totally like, I think I didn't know the difference between an, a visionary and an integrator at that point. Didn't know anything about operations and I felt I knew it and I knew everything that there were to do with hiring people, scopes of work, SOPs. However, at that juncture, I didn't know all the things that are involved in, a, in a just running a business. So I wouldn't do it unless I partnered with a really experienced person of like 20 years and the company was already established and successful. And then I would bolt on with whatever experience I had. So that would maybe be the only case I would possibly do it. Hmm. You know? okay. So then had you go back to do it, right? Had you had to, if you could go back and do it over again, what would you have done? Just continued on flipping wholesaling and expand that or what? Well, from what my experience was, I, yes, I would. I would continue flipping. I would need clearly the operator in place. And I was very good at bringing on retail jobs or other investors' renovations that they needed. And I was great at bringing in the business, but I wasn't great at managing it or managing the books of the other side of the business. You know, you, you have that background. So I, I had a great sales portion. So I need the other end of it. Mm -hmm. So wholesaling, yes, I would have wholesaled, I would have flipped, and I would have brought in retail work that made sense for the construction company where the profit margins were lucrative enough. Yeah, it's funny because, you know, we we have our own construction company here in Southern California and yeah. we don't work with investors. We don't we don't <laughs> do anything like, you know, on the flipping side or anything like that yeah. because it's hard enough as it is, you know, even working retail, right, to to maintain the margin. And I think that once you go on to the flip side or, or the investment side, like the margins just are not there. Even if yeah. you own the construction company, like the only way to do it is if you own the construction company, like how you tried to, and you own like the flip, if you're doing the flips yourself and you own the construction company, but it's still really tough to do that. You're right. Really Where are you at? Like right now, what are you guys doing currently? What are you working on? Yeah. So right now what we're doing is we are still acquiring buy and hold, but like buy and hold real estate. I mean, we know the burst strategy inside and out. I mean, that's really, I would say the bones of our business. We still do wholesale here and there because going direct to seller is the gateway to all the opportunities. Another portion that we focused on a ton is coaching. Not so much me. I do coach a decent amount of people, but it's my wife. My wife has crushed her niche. Being a Latina with a, a coupling it with real estate, there is no market. I mean, it is like the blue ocean strategy that we've taken. Wow. We've done a bunch of money in her Facebook ad spend. Okay. And we just, we recently had an event on Saturday. And yeah, I saw that. It looked like you guys had a great time and like there was a yeah. lot of people that showed up, right? Yeah. And be, being real, like my event was great. But when I saw my wife, it was like she was a celebrity to these people. I mean, 
people from California, Florida, Massachusetts, around the United States flying in. And they only flew in for three hours. Wow. I was blown away by the commitment level to come in. And you know, our space is crowded with men that are, they're, they're great. I mean, there's a lot of great influencers in our business, mm -hmm. but in her niche, I just don't see it. And we're like, we're riding that momentum with her and yeah. she's been doing great man and she's awesome with it so, so yeah. is that so when you saw her like you know on stage or whatever or talking to all these people who came to see her is that like is that like her place of genius would you say is like running stuff like that yeah she was very on point i mean very comfortable speaking in public entertaining the vip dinner they were just captivated by her presence it was really remarkable i mean yeah. because i was I was sitting back in like just taking it all i'm like this is like this is going to be the big one you know how you're just like it's yes. a big one and, and we already have the money has came in on a smaller scale so far from it so we're like there's that like hockey stick curve i could see happening with her in the next okay. year where was she from originally so my wife is from venezuela dude my wife's mom is from venezuela no way dead serious 100 that's amazing yeah and so like every holiday we get like carne machaca we get the arepas right she makes oh, yeah. a lot for us and stuff <laughs> and and i've been to venezuela only one time i wish that we could have gone more but like the situation down there is yeah. really tough right now but i will what i know about venezuelans is like they have a fire inside of them that yeah. is like a magnet man it's almost like mosquitoes to a, a light bulb or something like that like and so i can definitely see you know her having that presence presence and being able to pull like it's literally like a light inside of her that like right. shines out you know what it was i think it was the pa i was just reading her body language the passion she was speaking with mm -hmm. you could tell that people were like on their edge of their seat because yeah. she just knew all the information and was rattling it off we take our time speaking like i guess in spanish like the faster you speak, the better. And she yeah. was just constantly mowing down information. And they <laughs> so, love it. <laughs> it's so weird. It's like, dude, I yeah. can't keep up. When all the family is in one room, I'm just like, I'm I'm done. I'm out. Like, yeah. I can't even I can't even keep up. And they're like, that was 10 minutes ago, that conversation. I was like, I thought we were still talking about that. No, no, no. We're yeah. past that now. But yeah, yeah, man, it's wild how fast they talk. Yeah, it is. But no, I'm proud of her, man. She was a general surgeon in her country. So she's like very educated. Wow. And she her story is amazing. She went from general surgeon coming here, had to be humbled by being a pizza delivery driver because they don't oh. recognize her as a physician here oh my god yeah she came here really for the opportunity you know with the whole government situation she just had to get out of there yeah came here was humbled by starting working as a pizza delivery driver and then when That's i met insane. her she was doing like babysitting and shit and i was like listen oh why you? i didn't know her well in our beginning and i just said hey you know i got some she's like if you have any odd and end work if you need i'd love to help you and our relationship started by obviously hanging out but then i had her clean some rental properties of mine and some flips and stuff and then Dude. she started she did like an amazing job cleaning and i'm like this is the best cleaning lady I've ever had and then she's like let me help you with some like paperwork and she started you know these women insert themselves then she started doing other shit and then it's just kind of like it's, it's spiral spider webbed everywhere else but she was she, she actually saved she really saved me during that break with the construction company if she didn't help me really keep like she was the glue to keep me together because it, it's hard man like i had like uh, we would get ice cream sometimes and i remember having like heart palpitations like i couldn't breathe and like i never was like that because of like all the stress and i don't understand what stress was like because i was just running a million miles an hour but when you look back you're like dude that shit was a that was a heavy moment i'm sure you dealt with that when you were going through that struggle with the apartment complex. I mean, it was hard. It was hard. Dude, still to this yeah. day, man. <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, like we're we're trying to build and expand our tax credits business that we have, and yeah. we hit roadblocks all the time. And it's like, okay, well, how do we fix that problem? And oh, well, if we do that, we're gonna get completely shut down, and our marketing channel is gonna be over, and our Google Ads account got suspended seven times in the last month and a half. And you know, it's it's always something, you know. Yes. But that that's a big thing, right? When you had the construction company that was that was basically failing. Yeah, big time. That's really it, tough. Now to be able to pull yourself out of that, obviously having the right partner is extremely important. It was. She was extremely important. And as, as she's tough, she there were times where I was feeling sorry for myself a lot, Steve. Mm -hmm. You know, for like two years. I was feeling sorry for myself for two years. Wow. I didn't believe in myself. And she was constantly, you know, give me encouragement. Then she gave me tough love. She's like, dude, you got to snap the fuck out of this. Like, yeah. you got to stop the pussy and just like man up. Like, you know who you are. Yeah. And it took a lot of her willing me to where I'm at, you know, over the past year. You know, two years ago when we, you know, I wouldn't have joined Mark Evans' group. I didn't have the confidence to just be in the room with you guys just from like a confidence standpoint. It's crazy how you can, you know, you're not in the right place. Like, I remember specifically last year he had that event. I didn't go to it. I didn't feel comfortable enough to just be in the room with the, the wow. people that there. And, you know, I, I feel, I obviously feel better about things, but it, it's, it's hard, man. It's something, it's traumatic business. If you, if you're on the wrong side, it could be traumatic, but having the right support system, like yourself and the guys that we surround ourselves with, it's, it's vital. It, it's yeah. vital to make it. Through. Let's, let's talk about groups for a little bit. So are you in any other groups and how long ago did you start being in like around masterminds or mentors? Yeah, there were, there were groups I were in. However, I felt there were real estate related groups, okay. but I felt I was the the best in the room, which I'm not trying to brag. I didn't like it. I like the room that we're in because it is a variety of guys and like you all guys are doing well. Like there's guys doing better and I love it. And it makes me feel, I like not being the big, big dog. I hate it. Actually, I like being kind of mixed in with a bunch of guys and guys that are in better because then it makes me want to strive more, you know? Yeah. So this is the first group I've been in that I really appreciate being in. Yes, I have been in other masterminds and they were good exposure to cleaning up my business. But besides the, the mastermind I'm in right now, there hasn't been any ones that I've connected with that I'm like, it felt like I could relate to, or there yeah. was something like pulled me in, but yeah, I'm open, you know, you know, I would, I would totally join something else if I could find something that I needed or, or there was a pain point or a choke point I had in my business. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Hey guys, just wanted to take a second here and thank you for listening to the podcast. I really, really appreciate it. It means the world to me. It means so much to me that you guys are listening. I don't make any money off of this stuff. I do it for free. I do it out of the goodness of my heart. I want to help people and I want to share all this cool information with you guys and everybody else in the world. So if you could think of somebody that you would share this to, so if they got some value out of it, I would really appreciate it. Share it on your socials. Click that little button for sharing and share it to your story. Thanks a lot. You know, this this group that we're in, the DM Alliance, is something that like I've never experienced before. And mm -hmm. it's it's so supportive. And that the leadership obviously comes from the top, right? You know, the culture, just like in any kind of company, just like in the, the big corporate company that you worked for before, the culture usually comes from the top. And there's something definitely special about the room that we're in. And I really appreciate everybody that's in the group, you know, obviously, including you. And there's something to be said about that, that you can appreciate everybody in the room. And you also don't feel like like you're guarding yourself too much. You know, it's yes. like, hey, dude, I'm, I'm here. I'm open. This is what I got going on. 
and I need help on these five things that I'm working on. And inside that group, we tell each other like a lot of secrets, if not secrets, but like a lot of stuff that we won't share publicly, things that we're working on, things that we don't want, like just out there because we're still developing our things. And we're, we're kind of like sharing our ideas within the group, but we know that we're all protected. And I mm -hmm. think that like, that's something I've never really experienced in another group because yeah. when I've shared my ideas in the, in the past in other groups, I've felt as if like, not that I was being judged, but more like somebody might hear this, take my idea and run with it before I have time to protect it. Yeah. So that's a, a great trust. That's what it is. There's a lot of trust built in is what it is. Yeah. There's a lot of trust. And I, I also feel there's no, I, I don't know how your market is. My market's a little tight knit. So there's tons of jealousy around here. Enviness. If I share anything that I'm doing or any, it's like, I can't expose what I'm doing or be judged. And like what Rich Gamble, like he came in and spoke at my event and I, you know, it was amazing that he came, but he'll share big things he's doing. And I am like cheerleading for him. I love hearing that he's doing crazy big deals, Yeah. but I couldn't imagine if I shared that with someone in my local market, it would be like, oh fuck, Mario's doing this. Like he, you know, he thinks he's hot shit. Like it's weird how people think, man. And yeah. it, but in our group, you don't have to feel that way. And you're right. Like you're, you, you feel that there's an ability to share great, like big things that you're doing and not like you're bragging or you're trying to one, one up somebody. And yeah. it's cool. I love it. I, I appreciate that guys can wear their big boy pants and handle someone's doing something big, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, me too. When did you start with like mastermind groups? When did I guess? Cause like, oh. I'll give you an example, right? For me, it was about, it was last summer. It was like 14 months ago. And that would be the summer of 2022 that I realized I couldn't do it alone anymore. Mm -hmm. Like, and, and the people who were around me, they weren't lifting me up to the, the level I needed to be at. I wasn't surrounding myself with like the people who have done it before. And yeah. so I realized that like I had to pay to get around a group of people and dude, it's like one of the smartest things I've ever done in business is pay to be around people. You're right. I could tell you the key points was in 2020, after the COVID fiasco, I was getting a little bit headway out of like the debt situation. I joined a, a mentor out of North Carolina and he taught me a, an amazing amount of information on how to hire VAs. It was like a whole different role, hiring VAs, building out scopes of work, SOPs, the process. The funny part was, and I had no idea about this. He was actually being mentored by Mark Evans. And, and like, I'm like, what the fuck? You know how like crazy it is? Yeah. But he was really like, he was my first exposure to something of a mastermind. Okay. And then I meant to, then I went to another mastermind, right? Steve, I'm not bullshitting you. This other guy, yeah, he's high level. Okay. Mark Evans is his mentor. And I'm like, you got me. Are you, no, wait, are you allowed to share the names of these two guys? Oh yeah. Well, one guy was Terry Thayer. If you know who Terry Thayer is. No, I don't. He's in North Carolina, pretty okay. big like real estate guy, okay. wholesaler. And then Matt Larson. Yeah. Matt Larson. So I went to both of their masterminds and I flew to Iowa to, to, to meet Matt. And when I'm hearing these two guys talk, I'm like, holy shit. Like, I, you know, I'm like, this is the main guy yeah. to me. Yeah. You know, then I'm thinking, and then I started finding out all his, like, I call him disciples. Like, you know, Tim, Tim Baratz goes to him and I'm like, dude, this is like crazy. His tree, you know how there's yes. like a coach tree in football? I'm like, yeah. his tree is scary. <laughs> yeah, man, I agree. And I, I stumbled yeah. on this world. I didn't even know it existed. Really. I met some, some real estate guys and I got into a couple different like paid real estate groups for yeah. multifamily and stuff. And all roads led back to Mark for one, you know, one reason or another. And I was like, okay, well, let me just like skip all of these levels yep. and go straight to the top, you know, and so, same here. Yeah.
it's it's worked out great, man. It definitely has. But I've learned so much and I've learned that I always need to ask better questions. That's one of the biggest things that I've learned is how to ask better questions. You know, dude, yeah, you hit it on the head, man. I, I think about that all the time. Yeah, the, the, the better the question, the better the answer, the better solution that you're going to get. Yeah. 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 And mm -hmm. I still ask dumb questions a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, when they say there's no dumb questions. Yeah, there are. <laughs> there are. I get reminded of that sometimes too. There are dumb questions. <laughs> but anyway, so what like what market are you in right now? Are you still in Camden, New Jersey? No. So my, my market is pre pretty much New Jersey's broken into like if there were it's one state, but it's technically to me three states. It's North okay. Jersey, Central Jersey, South Jersey. Okay. I'm South Jersey. That's my market. Philadelphia is another big market for me. And then Delaware. It's like the tri-state area, they call it. Uh -huh. Those are like the three areas. I bounce between Philadelphia and South Jersey a decent amount. And but Philadelphia is like uber, uber competitive with like foreign investment, big money. So you need to have high level private money to be able to close deals with cash quickly, which is mm -hmm. fine. Mark Mark's mastermind has helped with that. And South Jersey, not as competitive. I would call it like double A versus like the big leagues. And then okay. Delaware, like, you know, triple A. It's not okay. competitive. It's pretty easy. It's different. Okay. California is like a whole nother stratosphere, obviously. It's very, very competitive there. Yeah, California is insane. We don't we don't yeah. do any kind of real estate transactions in California. Yeah. Yeah. I mean I other than like my primary residence and stuff, but like other than that, no. Yeah. Like I hear a lot of guys that are really, you know, they do well. They go to OKC. I think mm -hmm. like just markets, they're so comfortable like doing virtual markets outside of California. It makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely does. So are you taking on private money? How do you guys fund your deals? So there are I actually got connected by being in a couple like local REA group meetings with a couple really wealthy guys that are he's an attorney and another guy is like a pretty big developer. So I'll use them for private money. I've gone away from the hard money part because the, the timelines of getting appraisals and things of that nature. So it's really connecting with the next tier of people to get private capital. But most of like the past four or five deals have been funded by private money. And it's connecting with, I would say like the A plus players in your market. And they're generally, if you, if you help them with a, you know, an issue or a problem that they have, I mean, they usually pay it back tenfold, like just connecting the dots. I've taken guys out to lunch and not asking for anything. And they're like, they feel the need that they owe you something. Like, hey, you know what? I got a guy. I got a guy for you. I want to connect you with. You know what I mean? So th that's been a been a pretty good resource of just giving, just good con connecting good contacts with good contacts. Mm -hmm. Now, let's say somebody wanted to invest with you. Do they? Do you allow that? Like, if they wanted to invest, if you wanted to take, let's say, somebody's got a hundred thousand dollars and they want to place it somewhere because it's just collecting dust in a bank account. Yep. Is that something where you'll take that money on to buy a house with them, or are you yes. working specifically with those people that you already have? Yeah, I would do that. I mean, I I do that with. I actually have hard money lenders that refer me to miscellaneous individuals that reach out to them and say, "Hey, could I park my fifty or a hundred thousand dollars with somebody?" And then the hard money lenders refer me to these individuals. What I would do is do a, like a, you know, a promissory note or a mortgage against the property that I would purchase. And what my process is with those type of individuals is we pay them out when the property sells, and then we give them weekly progress pictures through a Google drive link. So they feel involved in the process. They get to see week to week to week, the job's actually moving along. It's not sitting there doing nothing or collecting us like their money is. And I've seen it, it goes a very long way because there's transparency. They appreciate that you know when the property is on the market they see the listing 
when it's sold, we give them the the you know the agreement of purchase. We tell them about the inspection. So we we really handhold our lenders through the process, like private lenders. Another thing we we're thinking about doing is I haven't figured it out yet is like sharing our Trello board because we do a five step phase in our construction process when we do rehabs and just sharing with them between the pictures and the Trello board, you know where we're at in our phases, and then they have a pretty good picture of when the job's going to get completed. So that's another another dynamic that we'd like to integrate with private lenders to just make them feel more at ease. Because after they do a couple with you, they just, they understand that you're, you understand what you're doing. Yeah. yeah. So I definitely agree with that. Like communication is key. You know, the more communication mm-hmm. that you can have with any of your associates, right? Whether it be private lenders or contractors, or I mean, even buyers, that mm-hmm. it's extremely important to keep people abreast of what you're doing. And I think that leads to a lot more trust and a lot more, uh, or a lot less questioning of like, what's going on? Is my money safe? Because that's usually like what everybody cares about. Is my money safe? And even if you come out the other side and you only made a little bit of money, they get back all of their money. They know that their money is safe, but communication and letting them know, keeping them you know regularly updated is really important. I know that earlier you mentioned Matt Larson and VAs. So are you currently using VAs in the business? Yeah, I, I've I've used VAs pretty much in every country or continent. The, yeah. the, the Philippines, I feel, are great admin VAs. On the sales side, they've been difficult. And I, I guess I would attribute it to the time zone. Mm-hmm. It seems they're lethargic and they're just half dead because of the the times they're calling on the U.S., on the East Coast time zone. Mm-hmm. What I do see is Egypt has been better results for Eastern time zone. Interesting. Yeah, it, it might be because if they're calling at 1 p.m. here, it's like 9 p.m. or 10 p.m. there or so like they're they're not like half they're not drained mm-hmm. their english is a little bit better i'd like to hit latin america i hear great things about colombia venezuela but have not been able to even with my wife tap root into the acquisition managers side of things for that but okay i know a guy who's doing a lot of stuff in the erc space mm-hmm. and he has like 20 cold callers in nicaragua mm. and it was all by accident really he didn't like target nicaragua to like hire these people yeah he hired a call center manager first out of nicaragua mm-hmm. he just happened to be in nicaragua and now it's to the point where this guy that i know he leased an office now in nicaragua <laughs> and he's got like all the people and he's like i had no idea like i was gonna do this and all wow. of a sudden like now I have 20 callers in a building. And he and, and he he rents this, the building. It's his office. Yeah. He's his name was on the lease. That's sick. It's crazy, right? <laughs> I love that. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess definitely look into Nicaragua if you're going to look into someplace. But yeah. the other thing is like in Venezuela, right? The the English is very good. Yeah. And plus you're going to keep the money, you know. I would say in the family, quote unquote, but like, you know, in your wife's realm in her, you know, her country of birth. Yeah. I think that would be very important. That's very important to me, at least. So now that I'm like thinking about it, talking out loud, I think I'm going to hit up some of the family that we have down there. Yeah, I agree. You you know what? We've two, her, two of her half sisters are VAs for American companies on the admin side. Very educated. So my personal assistant's from Honduras. If you heard her, Steve, on the phone, I mean, you would think she lives in the states, has a master's degree. Incredible. She's been. She. I've. Ha- I've went through a ton of American personal assistants. Mm-hmm. She will clean them off the clock, man. I mean, she's amazing. She's changed my life. I mean, it's it's incredible. And like the pay you pay them, it's like we. I give her a bunch of bonuses. She's just tremendous. She's yeah. she's. Uh, I don't know what I would do without her. That's how good she is. Yeah. I have to read you a message I got today from my VA manager, and this is why we do this. 
this stuff, okay? Um, here's here's the reason. Steven, I just received our pay. Thank mm -hmm. you so much for your opportunity with you and Alex. Alex is my wife, so she uses her as well for her business that she has. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for the opportunity, our opportunity with you and Alex. We were able to move to a bigger house that can actually accommodate my family because of our work with you. Mm -hmm. I can't thank you enough. And I'm like, I'm getting weepy-eyed over here thinking about it because like, I know they're in the Philippines and I know the type of house that they lived in before. And mm -hmm. this just came in like two hours ago. And so, you know, of course, I responded to them like, I'm happy with their work and thank you so much. And this is what it's all about, right? It's growing together, but we're changing people's lives is really what we're doing. And yes, the pay that we pay them is a lot lower when you compare it to American wages. But I don't know about you, but like I'm paying at the top of the spectrum yep. for, for VAs. They tell yep. me they want, you know, X amount of dollars per hour. I always give them a dollar more than mm -hmm. they asked for because my thought is that if you pay them a little bit more than what they think they're worth, they're going to be super appreciative and they're going to work harder. Now, mm -hmm. the opposite side of that is you pay somebody too much and they're going to take advantage of you. True. There's that delicate balance in between. And I've learned with American employees, I've learned that the hard way with American employees. Pay them a little bit too much up front and they just slack off the whole time because like, they're like, oh dude, I'm the best. Oh, he's paying me more than I'm worth because like I'm king shit. And it's like, yeah. <laughs> no dude, sorry. I'm still interviewing other people and you better get your act together. Otherwise you're going to be out of here. Yeah. But I think that with, with overseas assistance, like, I mean, the, the gratitude that I got in that message, I'm like, yeah, I'm really happy about the fact that I'm, I know that I'm truly changing people's lives and I know that you are too. Yeah. So. And I, yeah, that, that stuff gives me goosebumps because I know what she means when she means that to you, because I've been to the Philippines when I was 18 and their living conditions suck and they are grateful humans. Like what you're doing is they can't even thank you enough, Steve, what you're doing for them. You know, like it's unbelievable. And they mean it in the most sincere way. So her message to you was like, it was like, she would hug you through an email if she could and kiss you, you know? Yeah. <laughs> And it's great. And I, I know it's like it, it, you feel that there's such an appreciation level that they're giving back like tenfold in their work and they will try everything in their power to, to repay you through their work. And it's great. It's It feels rewarding, too, while you're, you know, working with them. It's awesome. It, it, it's a hard it's hard to explain unless you have VAs at work, but totally the appreciation level is awesome. Yeah. And yeah. to put it in perspective, like for anybody that doesn't know about VAs and what they get paid, for example, in the Philippines, let's take, for example, like somebody who works at like a hotel or like a, a resort of some sort, mm -hmm. the housekeepers that clean that clean the rooms, right? That turn the rooms every night or whatever after mm -hmm. a guest leaves. Here in the States, they get paid. Usually they get paid what? Minimum wage, right? Yeah. Housekeepers. Mm -hmm. So yep. in California, that's going to $16 an hour. Mm -hmm. So in the Philippines, a housekeeper for a resort gets paid. I think it's, it's less than $3 an hour. Oh my goodness. Less than $3 an hour. That's sad. And for typically for like somebody who's a manager, like a front desk manager at one of those hotels, they're getting five and a half, like five fifty to six dollars an hour, mm -hmm. and that's like a lot. If you think about being a front end manager at a hotel, that's a lot of responsibility. That's yeah. a lot of work, and you're always on call. There's always like right, it's never ending, and it's really not that much money. And people who are in the VA space in the Philippines are making better wages than those front end hotel managers. Yeah, Their quality of life is, I would argue, like ten times better than some front end manager at a hotel. Yeah. Uh, 
And I'm really happy that I could be part of that. I'm sure you can agree to this. If you went your American employees versus your VA employees, the the length of time they've stayed with you, it is like five to six X the, the length of time. I've had American employees leave me so quickly that on average, if I just didn't average, there must be like a at least a year and a half to three years length before they they leave. So you're they're they're loyal. They're very loyal to you, you know. Yeah. And that that's another one where you don't have to constantly have this turnover and burn and you know it, it's just that's the part I, I, I appreciate is that yeah. Was- yeah me too man. me too I currently have three VAs and it just so happens that they're all related so oh. the first one that I hired we needed more help so we brought in her husband yep and then we needed more help. So we brought in her brother and we're just going to keep on growing. And so like, hopefully, I, I mean, I, I would hope that I can get the whole family, right? Which would be yeah. great to support that family and, and then her ecosystem. And, and we'll just see how it goes. So this is a funny story. We we had a, an amazing VA in the Philippines. His name was Bobby. And we paid him very well. He wound up making so much money from us. He was secretly opening a construction company in the Philippines. <laughs> and, he, and he learned our business too. Yeah. He left us, but he was with us for two and a half years. Wow. We appreciated him though. But but we we I guess we were paying him a little bit over the spectrum that <laughs> he was able to like sift it over here. So wow. like there's that there's that line where they're loyal, but he was he was getting he he wound up leaving us. But no anyone that left us, it wasn't because poor performance. It was like there was something going on, like something like that, where the guy started his own business and left us. So it's you almost know? like they outgrew you because like yeah. You were helping them out. You were training. And that's what we can hope. I think, at least for me, that's what I hope for everyone that like is in my ecosystem, that somehow I've helped them so much that they've grown beyond being a VA, if you will. Yes. Now they're going to be opening up their own business or their own company. And they're like, hey, thank you for giving me this stepping stone to the next journey in my life or the next chapter in my life. And yeah. I, I almost think that that's like the ultimate compliment is like, I have to quit because I'm doing much better than when I started with you or something. You're that. right. We, we don't get mad at that situation. I know we're like, we, you grew. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. But I yeah. do get mad at is like American employees, like in our construction company, when we did have employees, American employees that would call in sick on a Monday because they partied too hard on Sunday. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, or Thursday night. They'll go out Thursday night and then, you know, right. they mail it in on Friday. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And, and everything in between. I mean, and, yep. and we've heard that actually one of our buddies, Brandon, just he put a message in, in our group and he said, said something like, oh, Javier's not going to be at work tomorrow because he's in jail. It's like, dude, what? Like, what did you do, man? <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's man. not going to be in work for the next three weeks because he's asleep. <laughs> I never uh, told you the story about my my gardener who stopped showing up. No. He stopped showing up in my house and it was like, I, I couldn't get a hold of him. I called him, I called him. And I finally called my old gardener at the old house that we lived at that referred him over because I figured that, you know, they knew each other or something, right? So I called the old gardener and I'm like, hey, you know, your buddy that you referred, whatever, he's been a great gardener. He's MIA, dude. He totally ghosted. Like, what is up? He's like, yeah. I have no idea. That's not like him. It's weird. So he calls me back like 10 minutes later and he's like, dude, like he disappeared. I'm like, what do you mean? Yeah. Like he disappeared? Well, he apparently racked up a hundred thousand dollars in gambling debt. Oh lord! And he disappeared. He disappeared. Nobody knows. And he was he was from Mexico, and so all they knew is that he sold all of his equipment, like 
over the weekend and was gone. So he either yeah. fled the country or he got yanked out of the country or whatever the yeah. case was. But it was like, dude, all it's so it's not hard to run a business successfully if you literally just show up, right? 90% of life is just showing up. That's a great point. 10% is doing the work. Like all he had yeah. to do was show up and do his landscaping lawn care stuff. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah. I might be minimizing a little bit because like there are a lot of landscapers out there. And of course what happened is my neighbor, her gardener is now my gardener and that's how it worked. He showed up. I was like, hey, do you want to take over responsibilities over here? He's like, sure. How much was the guy charging you? And he's charging this much. All right, I'll charge you the same. I was like, are you sure you don't want to charge me more? I thought that was kind of low. He's like, no, no, it's cool. I'm right next door. I'll couple you with the five other people that I do every Friday. On the oh, block. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, you're you're the block. yeah, you're an enterprising individual. This is cool. Yeah. All right. <laughs> and it was a blessing in disguise because this is the best landscaper that I've ever had. Wow. He like smells the grass. Oh, he's that detailed. Damn. He loves it. Dude. <laughs> he, lo <laughs> he loves it. Right. And I love love him for that. And I think that we can all take a little bit of a lesson from that is like, whatever you do, do it well. Yeah. And a lot of people kind of throw out this other phrase that's how you do one thing is how you do everything. Mm -hmm. I personally don't believe that because like certain things that I hate to do, I don't do them well. Right? That's true. Right. Like, like ironing my shirts. I don't do it well. And as you can, it's whole, same right? here. Yeah. Yeah, same here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But other things that I do like doing very well, I do make it a point to do those things very, very well. And so anyway, just a little side tangent and lesson that I learned from my gardener is like sniffing. He's that but he's passionate about it. Like you yeah. said, you're going to do something well if you're passionate about it. So the, the, those old adages, they don't apply with, with what we're talking, you know, with what they're talking about or what they're saying, but what, well, you're right. Like if I'm passionate about something, I'm all in, I mean, I'm all in and you're all in and people like us are all in. Yeah. yeah. And I think that that's something that's like a learned trait is being all yeah. in yeah. because for a long time I wasn't all in and I was action faking a lot yeah. of stuff. Mm -hmm. And in the last eight months, actually since January 4th of this year, things have been a lot different. I've set a lot of different goals and mm -hmm. I've recently kind of had to even change my mentality about what a goal is and change that to the word checkpoint yeah. because what happens when we get to that goal? Let's say like you're a marathon runner, right? And you train for years, 18 months, let's say, to run a marathon. And then you finally run that marathon. And when you cross the finish line, that's it. Then I can, you I, You're right. Because I can tell you the truth. I'll get to a goal of losing a specific amount of weight. Mm -hmm. And by making it a goal, I'll get there. Mm -hmm. But then it lasts for like two weeks and then I'm back up 10 pounds. Like mm -hmm. it's constantly an up and down thing. So like I personally need to do some inventory on whether it's a checkpoint or something to keep it consistently at the weight that I set a goal. And it's like, I'm always chasing the same goal. You know what I mean? So I, I, I feel you, man. I need to rearrange how I, I can make goals. I can always hit the goal, but then it like, it, it's, a, I don't know. It's like the end. Yeah. And I, I can't, I can't live that way because it's too, it's too much craziness with my, my weight thing, but that's the one part of my life that I would say I need to, I need to check. So I like the checkpoint thing. Yeah. We yeah. look at checkpoints rather than goals, because once you get to the checkpoint, you're just continuing the same path, right? Just like a marathon, but it's think of it as like an endless marathon mm -hmm. and we just get to the next checkpoint and you want to rest, take a break, whatever, go on you know vacation or do whatever. When you get to that checkpoint, either to celebrate or just to stop and smell the roses, that's what the checkpoints allow versus a goal. Cause at the end of a goal, you're just done. Yeah, you'll have like four pizzas in four days. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Well, hey, Mario, I appreciate you coming on the show. Like I Thank said in the beginning, we only allow distinguished guests on the show. So I really appreciate that you allowed us the time to hang out, you know, and talk about what we talked about today. 
And Mario, how can people get a hold of you if they have houses that they want to sell you or partner with you on certain things? Absolutely. Yeah, they could find me on Facebook or Instagram. My my full name, it's Mario Lancioni. And I'd love to, if they DM me, I'd love to help them out with any questions, concerns, issues, wherever they're at in the process. I'd love to share my wisdom. Awesome. And then your mastermind event that you just had, does that have a, a title or a website that people can go to to see that? Yeah. Well, you know what? I don't have a technical website. What I do have is a link tree in my bio. Okay. which is a mastermind similar to Mark where I'll, I'll meet with people weekly. I have uh, six students right now. Okay. And we, we talk about a topic within doing the birth strategy. You know, I, I left out a couple things about, I'm not a big ego guy, so I didn't share all my real estate that I own, but I do own a decent amount of rental properties. So I like to share with newbies or intermediate people of ways of house hacking and, and manipulating bedrooms that increase the value. So with the masterminds, more of the dirt down and dirty details of how to do the birth strategy, how to monetize, create equity, wealth for your family and your gen the generational wealth. Okay, cool. So if people want to either be part of that mastermind or find out about that or e any events you have coming up, check out your bio. You have the link tree in your bio and in there is where you'll have the information. And we'll put links to that in the show notes as well. Oh, great. That's wonderful. Yeah. Cool. All right, Mario. Thank you for having, thank you. For, thank you for coming to the show. I really appreciate Thanks. it very much. And I appreciate your time. Thanks. Hey guys, just wanted to take a second here and thank you for listening to the podcast. I really, really appreciate it. It means the world to me. It means so much to me that you guys are listening. I don't make any money off of this stuff. I do it for free. I do it out of the goodness of my heart. I want to help people and I want to share all this cool information with you guys and everybody else in the world. So if you could think of somebody that you would share this to, so if they got some value out of it, I would really appreciate it. Share it on your socials. Click that little button for sharing and share it to your story. Thanks a lot. Yeah.